turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. Hookup culture is rampant among people my age. Where does it come from? Why do so many people participate in it? And is it good for women and for men? We're going to be discussing it today. I'm Julie Hartman, and this is Timeless. where I talk about timeless, enduring, eternal subjects. I'd like to remind you to please subscribe to this channel and follow me at Julie R. Hartman on Instagram and Twitter. Also, I am conducting a survey that I would like to share with my listeners to get a sense of what you like, what you don't like, what topics you want to see more of, what topics you want to see less of. Any comments you have, I welcome and really appreciate. So please do uh, click on the survey link. It is in the description down below. And don't hold anything back. Tell me whatever you want to tell me. And of course, you can always email me at julie at julie-hartman.com. As I indicated in my introduction, we are going to be talking about hookup culture today. This is a subject that I talk with so many of my female friends about, and there's a sort of consensus among females. And of course, I'm, I recognize that, you know, I am just one person who's talking with their friends, and I am not purporting to represent all uh, females' opinions on this matter. But with the many people who I have discussed this with, and by the way, I've also discussed this on national radio, women seem to really dislike the extent to which hookup culture has infiltrated into our society. And this is especially prevalent among people my age. I'm 23 years old. I recently graduated from college. And it seems like for teenagers and people in their early 20s, this is just so common among both men and women. So as I said, I want to talk about where it comes from. Why do people participate in this? And of course, you know, uh, I'm probably going to be focusing a lot on if it benefits uh, or harms women. But also I want to talk about whether or not it benefits or harms men. Spoiler alert, I think it harms both. But first, let's establish some facts and some definitions here. What do I mean by hookup culture? Well, I'm talking about having physical intimacy with someone for the sake of having that physical intimacy. Rather, having physical intimacy that is not tied to commitment or to a relationship or to the potential of engaging in a committed relationship. So by that definition, a lot of people in college participate in this hookup culture, sex, frankly, for the sake of sex. I also want to clarify at the outset of this episode that I am really not trying, as as counterintuitive or paradoxical as this may sound, I'm actually not trying to judge this behavior if, and the if is important, 
The two people are engaging in it consensually. The two people are happy to participate and they are doing so safely. I may have my opinions on it, and I believe that the opinions that I'm going to express in this broadcast are shared by many women who are just afraid to say it. But it, of course, can be fun in many ways. I think hooking up with people can be valuable, and I'm not intending to judge those who enjoy it, but I do want to talk about the negative effects of it because they are ever-growing and increasing. I was scouring the internet looking for some statistics about how many people and of what age range participate in hookup culture. And I will just be honest with you, it was really across the map. Depending on what site, there were some numbers as high as 89% of college students participate in this hookup culture. I saw one that was as low as 40%, though of course 40% is is not low, but I think it's much higher than that. But what was reliable across the board is that 66% of Americans, not just college-aged Americans, but Americans uh, writ large, say that they have had one-night stands in their lives. I do have some uh, some stats from, from the Pew Research Center and from the census that I'd like to share with you. But first, I think it's also important to just talk about phenomena that aren't tied to statistics. We have to be able to talk about cultural uh, things in everyday life. I was watching an interview uh, recently that actually was, was done a few m- months ago between my boss and my co-host, Dennis Prager, and one of the hosts of the Young Turks show, Anna Kasparian. And Dennis on the air made this remark. He said, you know, if, if there's a girl in a college classroom who says in front of her peers that her greatest desire in life is not to have a great career, but is to get married and have kids and to have a really strong family, Dennis said that girl will more likely than not be seen as kind of odd or a pariah within the particularly woke people in her classroom. And Anna Kasparian really jumped on him for saying that. She said, what are the stats? How can you back that up? How do you know that this girl would be jumped on in a classroom? And Dennis gave the great response of saying, I don't have stats to back it up, but not everything that we talk about can and indeed should be backed up by statistics. We should be able to observe everyday life and talk about it. So that's my little sermon to start off with. But to get on to some avowed facts... And I think these facts are really tied to the the presence of hookup culture. The, the age at which adults are getting married has increased so much over the past 70 years. In 1945, the average age for females in getting married was 20, whereas the average age for men was 23. Boy, by that metric, I would have been three years married. (laughs) Glad that I'm not. In 1990, it was 24 for women and 26 for men. In 2008, again, you can see this trend trend upwards. In 2008, 26 for women, 28 for men. And in 2022, 28 for women and 31 for men. So from 2022, or from 1945 to 2022, it's gone up eight years for both men and women. That is really, really telling. Also, the amount of Americans who are single has also risen during that same time frame. This is according to the Pew Research Center. In 2019, roughly 40% of adults aged 25 to 54 
were unpartnered. That is neither married nor living with a partner. This share is up sharply from 29% in 1990 among that age group, again, 25 to 54. Another stat, among adults aged 40 to 54, there has been a significant increase in the share of of those who are unpartnered. 1990, it was 24% to 2019, which is 31%. So we're seeing that there's this trend away from marriage, away from partnership, and if Though if people are becoming married or engaging in a partnership, they are doing it much later in life. I think this goes back to the fact that we live in a culture of promiscuity, where things like getting married and becoming committed to someone are seen as antiquated and oppressive. We, we live in a, in a society here in the United States that is so sexualized. Of course, we see this with the disgusting and truly evil sexualization of women, or excuse me, of children, uh, of course, and women too. But, but drag queen story hours for people as young as four years old, LAUSD here in the city that I'm in, Los Angeles, it is the school district that has 450 plus schools under its jurisdiction, has rainbow club meetings once a month for uh, students as young as four, which include drag queen story hours, chats about gender and sexuality and transgenderism. And there's this weird push to sexualize children and of course, to sexualize women too. If you go, if you look at the Grammys or the Oscars or some of these big award shows, they used to be so regal and elegant. And of course, a woman, you know, I'm, I'm not a prude. If you have beautiful <laughs> breasts or skin and you want it, or legs and you want to show it off, who am I to tell you not to? I mean, I think the woman's, a woman's body is beautiful. But we, it's gotten so far where people of all different ages really kind of don't have any dignity anymore. And they show up to these events wearing, I'm sorry to say, it's stripper outfits, porn star outfits. This is not just among celebrities, but among people in my age cohort and even older. When you walk down the street here in Los Angeles, and I understand Los Angeles is a rarefied environment, you see people wearing crazy stuff. If a woman was walking down the street in a bra and a thong, we wouldn't think twice about it. What does that say about our culture that we wouldn't think twice of a woman who is wearing something so revealing? Our culture, again, has become sexualized. It's about transactional, uh, sensual pleasure and not so much about modesty and being dignified. And those qualities go alongside commitment because you're not pimping your body out. You are engaging in an intellectual, emotional bond and partnership. So my observation, again, is that hookup culture is not only rampant, but it is really harmful, especially for women. And I would venture to say that most women secretly don't like it, but they feel that they have to participate in it. I saw this in college where women would would see other people hooking up and then they would feel like, what's wrong with me? Why can't I get a guy? Am I being seen as a prude or, or not pretty enough if I can't get a guy? And then they would go to a party and start randomly making out with a guy and then go home with him. And it was just so common, unfortunately, to see that the next day the guy wouldn't text the girl or the guy would see her in the dining hall and maybe give her a sup nod, but wouldn't say hi to her or talk to her. And it was just so terribly transactional. 
And the reality is that sex for men is much less meaningful. It is more about the pleasure, whereas for women, we are just built in a way that, of course, pleasure is a good thing, but for us, it is much more about the emotional connection and the commitment. So I think a lot of women feel really used because, frankly, they are being used for sex. Again, not trying to judge people who do it and enjoy it. You do you, as long as you're safe. But a lot of people feel that they have to acquiesce to this culture. So as with everything I talk about, I want to answer the question, or at least attempt to answer the question, why? Why has it become so rampant? You hear stories back in the back in the 20th century, all that long ago. You know, when our parents or grandparents were in college, and a guy would call the girl before and pick her up at her dorm room and return her to her dorm room by a certain time. There was much more of a dating commitment, sweet culture. So why and how has it changed so much? There are a few reasons. Some are societal. One I think you'll find to be especially interesting is psychological. But really, a lot of it is feminism. Of course, feminism can't be blamed for all of this, but I would say that it is a large part. Feminism has really changed over the past century in the United States. The 19th Amendment, which gave women the right to vote, was codified under President Woodrow Wilson in 1920. So we are uh, 103 years um, past getting the vote. So during, of course, the the uh, you know since the founding of our country up until really the the uh, late 20th century. Feminism was about equality, equality in the workplace, equality, at the, you know, at the at the voting booth, giving women the same rights and privileges as men. Thumbs up, love that. By that definition, I and everyone else should be a feminist. But now, because we have achieved that equality, feminists have tried to find other things to look for, other crusades to fight. Because, quite frankly, I think they're bored. Equality has been achieved, and they don't really know what else to do with their time and their energy. So they're focusing on these itty itty bitty things and creating problems where there aren't any. That is the same, by the way, of those who crusade against racism or homophobia or transphobia. Actually, arguably, those three things that I just said are way more rampant in this country than misogyny. But even all of those things, we we live in a country, of course. Racism, homophobia,、uh, sexism is always, always going to be a thing. It, for for as long as humanity exists, it is going to be a thing because human nature is flawed, and there are always going to be bigots out there. But really, here in the United States, we have achieved unprecedented levels of equality and anti-bigotry compared not just to our own past. Past, but to other countries and other places and times on Earth. So that's why you see people are talking about microaggressions as being so awful,、uh, you know, racial microaggressions or gay microaggressions. If we are focusing on microaggressions and saying that that is evidence of racism, we live in a pretty darn good society. Okay, and that's the same thing. With feminism, they are trying to point out things that are supposedly wrong and unjust to focus their energy, and they have they have harped on male-female sexual relations. I have heard this argument espoused so many times among people in my age cohort, and not even in my age cohort, professors, adults, you know, etc. Where it goes that it is empowering for a woman to take her clothes off. It is empowering for a woman to have frivolous 
casual, meaningless sex. Men do it. Men have been doing it for centuries. And women have been the ones that have had to wear modest clothing and stay in the home. And they are, you know, have the mark of Cain on them if they engage in promiscuous behavior. So this is the whole P word grabs back mentality. Women, by engaging in, in sex as frequently and with such variety as men do, are reclaiming their sexuality and showing men that they are equal. But what these feminists don't understand is that while men and women are equal, men and women are not the same. As I said, and as anyone who is an honest person knows, men want sex, enjoy sex, and enjoy a variety with regard to sex far more than women do. This is a part of our nature, and it really makes sense biologically, because in order to procreate, men focus on quantity, while women have to focus on quality. Women have to find a good partner because she can only get, she can only have a baby once a year, once every nine months, whereas a guy hypothetically can go you know, around town and procreate with as many women as he wants. So biologically, I think that's why there is this, this difference among men and women. But what has happened in our culture, not just among the feminists, but among many others, is that people have come to see any difference as inherently indicating oppression. We see this, for instance, with what has happened to our academic standards. I was recently reading, and this is according to Heather McDonald, who uh, wrote this amazing, I believe it was City Journal piece called The Corruption of Medicine. The MCAT, which is, of course, the test that medical school uh, uh, applicants take in order to get into medical school and become doctors, the MCAT has changed its policies to say that any questions that have a certain percentage of racial disparity in the amount of uh, answers uh, that, that white people versus black people get right, any question that has that certain uh, percentage of disparity will be removed from the MCAT because that disparity must indicate racism. So if 50 white people out of 100 get, a, get an answer, that, uh, answer correctly on that question, but only 20 out of 100 black students or, or people taking the test answer that question correctly, if there's that disparity, they will get rid of the question. Prime example of how people say, see a difference as inherently indicating racism or oppression or discrimination. That is what we are seeing here with feminism. There is a difference between how men and women view sex. And, and what the feminists are doing is, is seeing that as inherently oppressive. It's not that men and women have different preferences. It's not that men and women have different natures. It's not that men and women have different biological incentives. It's the patriarchy. It's that women have been told that they can't have sex as much as men. And that is the problem, and we need to change and upend and reroute and all those BS <laughs> verbs that they say. We need to upend the culture. But what's so sad is that people don't realize that, that distinctions are really good things. It is such a great thing that men and women have different natures and different proclivities and different preferences. Indeed, we need that in order to procreate and survive. We need men to be, I mean, of course, within bounds. We need men to sort of be more sexually, uh, you know, desirous because that is sort of uniquely what you need in order to procreate. I'm sorry to my parents who are watching this. I don't shy away from saying things that are unpopular, and I don't shy away from saying things that are uh, uncomfortable. 
but a man has to have an orgasm in order to get a woman pregnant. A woman does not need to have an orgasm, I wish it were different, in order to get pregnant. So in a way, it is necessary biologically for men to be more into sex than women because that is what is needed to procreate. I didn't make the rules, I'm just telling it to you how it is. What I'm trying to say though is that differences and distinctions are good things. They are needed. And and even, you know, if you look at this transgender push to unravel um, the, the distinctions between men and women, that's really sad because in addition to having sexual or biological differences, men and women have differences in their behaviors, in their interests, in things that they are good at. As controversial as it may seem or to, to say, men are seem to be better statistically. Steven Pinker writes a lot about this uh, at math and science and sort of um, macro things. Whereas women are better at writing and diction and oral communication than, than men are sort of more of the micro things. That's, that's a beautiful thing. I don't, I don't look at that and see that as oppressive. I go, wow, thank you, God, or, or whoever's up there who created us. That variety is the spice of life. It's a good thing that men and women are different from one another. It's a good thing that some people are more interested in astronomy than others, or some people are more interested in being doctors than others. Variety is what makes the world go round, but not according to the feminists and not accor- according to the woke social justice crusaders. Any difference any distinction is seen as inherently oppressive and a sign of discrimination. There's also an element here as, as not uh, PC as it is to say, of victimhood. There's, there's a desire to be seen as a victim because when you're seen as a victim, you don't have to take responsibility for your actions. You can blame the woes in your life on the fact that you are a member of an oppressed group. And I think feminists, a lot of, not all, but a lot of the feminists who say that the the patriarchy exists in sexuality because women haven't been able to be as promiscuous as men, I think they're just kind of grasping at straws. Sorry, it's just true. They want to find a reason to complain instead of be appreciative of the equality that we have achieved. Wouldn't have been, wouldn't it have been so much more helpful if feminists, once we had really achieved equality here in the United States, instead of finding BS, stupid, made up things to focus on, why wouldn't they go turn their attention internationally? I talk on this show about Iran. Do you realize how deeply sexist and, mis- and misogynistic the Iranian regime is since 1949 under I- the Ayatollahs? I mean, the, the age of criminal responsibility for women is far lower than men. Men are allowed to have multiple wives. Uh, women are not allowed to have multiple husbands. Uh, it, if a woman is raped, she needs four witnesses. I think most of those witnesses have to be ma- male in order to corroborate her story. Marital rape is legal. Women have to seek permission in order to leave the home, in order to attain an education. There are certain educational and vocational professional uh, things that, that women are not allowed to engage in. And this, is, this isn't just confined to Iran. I mean, this is in many countries in the Middle East and many countries in the continent of Africa. Indeed, people under the Chinese Communist Party and under uh, Putin's kleptocratic, you know, dictatorial regime in Russia, women suffer there. I mean, what, like, why, why did the feminists focus on these small, made-up things here in the United States when there really are women in all corners of the world who are suffering under legitimate, brutal oppression? In addition to making up problems, 
what feminists have done with this hookup culture thing is they've actually harmed women. And by the way, just before I continue, I really want to make clear, I'm not entirely blaming feminists. Men have a lot of responsibility in this too. Men are reaping the benefits of hookup culture, but they have a, a, a responsibility, especially if they believe in this manly culture of being responsible and being leaders. They have a responsibility to treat women well, regardless of what feminism is teaching. I want to make that abundantly clear. Men need to shape up. But we women are the gatekeepers of sex. That's just sort of the way it works. Men are always going to want to push the envelope with sex. They are always going to want it. Women are the ones who set boundaries. And so when women are engaging in and allowing and indulging in and indeed celebrating this hookup culture, we are allowing men to get away with bad behavior. And this, this whole feminist mantra of that it's empowering to take your clothes off has harmed women because women feel used. They, they feel cheapened. They feel taken advantage of. It also leads to more of a possibility of women getting pregnant when they don't want to. I mean, it, it has really been so harmful. Also now, a lot of men don't want to commit because they have been conditioned for years and years to engage in this hookup culture. So that's, I think, part of the reason why we have seen, according to the census, the marriage age go up so much, eight years from 1945 to 2002, because men, we live in this culture now where men can just sleep around, so they don't want to get married. And so they're getting married later, and that harms women, because women have a biological clock. They need to, they need to get married sooner than men in order to have children inside of marriage. Women also desire commitment more than men do. So this is really just harmed women. Finally, I'd like to present, in addition to, to the, the feminist reason, the, the boredom, the victimhood reason, I think there is a Freudian psychological reason for this hookup culture mentality, this, this idea that it is empowering to have frivolous, casual sex. I think it comes from resentment that women have, that men again, are more easily aroused, are more easily, um, can more easily enjoy sex, want sex more than women. I think women really deeply resent that that is the case. And you know what? I get it. It, it, it does suck that that, it, that that is the way it is. It also is very unfortunate that women have to deal with periods with men, which men don't have to deal with. Women have to carry babies and have their bodies change, which men don't have to deal with. It is totally unfair. And it is sad. And if I could redesign the world from scratch, I would probably want to change that. I would say, hey, we're going to rotate. I'll take the first kid, but you're pregnant with the second kid. I'll do the third kid. You do the fourth kid. I think most women and hopefully men would want to change that. But the reality is that we can't. Okay? We cannot change reality. We can improve reality, and that's what is so unfortunate about this hookup culture, because instead of improving reality and civilizing men and conditioning them to, to know that they can only have certain sexual you know, benefits or, or intercourse in a com- committed relationship, instead of trying to make the world better within the bounds of reality, we are actually indulging in this anti-feminist feminist culture that is making it worse. We can't change reality, and life is just better when you understand reality, you act accordingly, and you try to improve it instead of deny it. 
men also have their battles. Of course, as I said, it's unfair that we have to deal with periods, we have to deal with pregnancy, etc. But men have a lot of battles too. Namely, they are more sort of defined by their profession than women are. Sort of culturally here in the United States, what, you know, whether you agree with it or disagree with it, a man's uh, career is more indicative of his success and his worth and his character, whereas a woman can have a career, but if she decides to quit or if she isn't particularly successful at it, it is not as big of an indication of her talent um, as it is with men. Also, I have this hypothesis that women are sort of more free to be weird and quirky and be themselves. Like, when I'm out with my friends, I'm weird. I, I like, <laughs> make weird noises. I don't know. I'm just, like, loud in a restaurant, and I do funny things, and I just sort of like to be a menace sometimes in public. Not that I commit any crimes or anything like that. <laughs> Gotta clarify, because some leftists will, will take what I'm saying here and make certain accusations against, against me. The point is, I think women can be sort of more, like, odd and, and open and fun and take risks with their personality, Whereas if a guy is uh, singing Bohemian Rhapsody in a restaurant, he's seen as more odd. Like men have to be sort of more contained and uh, serious than than women are. That's sort of a battle or an unfair thing that, that men have to fight. And also they have to fight their sexual nature. Yes, arguably that is a fun battle that men want to have sex a lot and they're easily aroused, but it can also, from, from what I've learned from, from men who are very honest in my life, you know, it can also be a real burden when, when men constantly want to have sex and they can't. And it's just something that they, they have to deal with. But in closing, what really we as women need to do is stop engaging in this if we don't want to engage in it. And we need to talk about the way that it is harming women and femininity and commitment and marriage. Human beings need to be civilized by laws. And frankly, men need to be sexually civilized by women. So let's start doing that again, folks. I hope that you enjoyed this. And again, please do take that timeless survey when you have time. Also, please subscribe to this channel, follow me at Julia R. Hartman, and send me a bouquet of flowers just on top of it because I'm asking you to do so much. I'm just kidding. Please do take that survey, though. Take care. See you soon.